At Delta, we know Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Continuing our coverage at the Scouting Combine, joining us now, Iowa Edge rusher Lucas Van Ness. A.K.A. Hercules. <laughs> good morning, guys. Thank What's you for having me on. Ah, good to have you, man. Good you to see well. you here. So, uh, what do you think of this so far? Whole experience. You know, it's been great so far. Um, I was part of the early arrival group. Um, I came in. Uh, they had the West Coast guys coming on Sunday because I trained out in Los Angeles. Um, so, got in early on Sunday. Um, you know, last couple of days been full of interviews. You know, medicals, the stuff you got to get out for the first couple of days, but. Um, it's been really cool getting to know a lot of the you know different guys from all the different schools. Um, you know, just going through this experience has been a lifelong dream, and uh, you know it's been nothing but fun so far. So I mean, let's address the the nickname. Where did it come from? Okay. Like, where did it manifest? Okay. And like, you know, how do you keep this Herculean look going all yep. the time? Yeah, you know, I, I think it started with one of my teammates, Noah Shannon. Um, about a year ago, he did an interview over the summer, uh, beginning, uh, you know, preseason. Right. Uh, you know, he kind of mentioned that my body type looks a little bit like Hercules, and uh, <laughs> since then it's stuck, and uh, it's kind of a nickname that, you know, the media and some of my teammates, um, you know, have been calling me through the years, and uh, I think I just attested to, you know, all my, my hard years in the weight room. Right. Um, you know, focusing on my body, um, working hard, and... Now, if you spend that time in the weight room, it's going to pay off. Well, it's all right. So tell everybody, tell me and Mike too. What do you like? What do you? What are you going to weigh? What do you think? Yep. You know, height, right? Yep. Where Where are you at right now? Uh, I'll be six five, two seventy five. Two seventy five. What'd you go into college at? Her two thirty five. Man, forty pounds in college. Well, but how tall were you then? Yeah. Uh, I was probably about six three. Yeah. When right. did you first have that moment? And and I'm always fascinated to hear when this happens for a guy that you knew that. I got something going on here. I got, got, I got a chance. A chance. Yeah. I got a chance to be pretty good at this sport. You know, I uh, saw redshirt in my freshman year. Um, came in during COVID. It was, you know, as a we weird all know, year. an interesting yeah. year. Right. Um, had the opportunity to play both my sophomore, and my junior year. Um, I played defensive tackle last year, so I played at uh, you know inside around 265, a little light. Yeah. Um, and I just speed. And I just uh, had a, a lot of success. I was really enjoying the game. Um, you know, was learning so many different things. Um, you know, that's why we love this game because yeah. there's just so many different aspects to learn. Um, you know, it's an, every day it's an opportunity to improve yourself. But 
Um, you know, I started that light bulb started coming on a little bit during my sophomore year. They bumped me outside this previous year, right. a little bit defensive end. And that's when you um, knew I, felt, I got a chance. Felt a little bit more comfortable. That's you know what I played played growing up. Right. And, uh, that's you know when I you know realized I had the opportunity to you know go and achieve that dream. Well, like the craziest thing is I know about like your play on the field, sacks, all that. But like the first thing I ever heard about you, kind of in this draft process, as I told you, we're kind of getting out of the NFL regular season mode, is like. Hey, this guy from Iowa that everybody loves, he didn't, he never started a game, right? Yep. That's like the first thing that gets attached yep. to you. Very odd. Obviously, you dominated and you, you played, what, I, the second most snaps, I think, of anybody. Yes, but why no start? What, what, is, what is that all about? You know, that was, uh, you know, starting a game or not, um, you know, that's just kind of the process and the way the University of Iowa does things. Yeah. Um, you know, they were fair and consistent with everyone. Right. Um, I waited my turn. You know, I had a couple older guys in front of me. So they got the um, start, and yes that's sir. just, you got the and, pecking uh, order. Regardless, like you mentioned, you know, I still had, you know, some of the highest snaps on the defense. Um, and what it, you know, what I realized is, you know, every time you get on the field, you have an opportunity to go prove yourself. Yeah. So you were a hockey player I at was, one point. All the way into my <laughs> Could you imagine this guy oh, on skates? Man. What? <laughs> I used to I'd be watch, skating the other way. <laughs> I used to watch Chara growing up, so uh, I try to replicate him a little bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> what What caused you to go in the direction of football instead of hockey? Yeah. So I did a little bit pop Warner, some flag football stuff growing up. Uh, my first year of real organized football was my freshman year, and. Uh, like you mentioned, always played hockey. Um, kind of want to get involved with the community. Um, just try out this football thing and really see how I liked it. And instantly fell in love with the sport. You know, everything regarding the sport, the adversity that you face every day, um, the challenges, um, you know, and getting to go out there every day and hit the guy across from you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we still do that in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they are skating the other way, which they would be doing. You, yeah, you get to a point not, where you can't find anybody to let you I'm going them. somewhere else. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, fell in love with the game. Um, you know, and I've been stuck with it since. Uh, I'm, I'm always interested to know, you know, your, you, the players take, you know, hey, we're media, the evaluators, but like in college, played Big Ten, big time football, yeah. you know, some bowl games, whatever else. Who's the best player you played against? The one guy that always stands out. You're like, damn, that guy was something else. Uh, every year we had to play Northwestern. Right. Um, and there's uh, Peter Skronsky. Yeah. Um, a okay. guy that I actually kind of trained with and won against in high school. So right. going against each other for, you know, quite a while now. Holy um, cow. You went against him in high school? Yes, we did. Wow. Uh, my junior year. Wow. So we're in the same class as well. So, so you got a personal fun battle exactly. going with this guy. So we guy. know each other pretty well. What's Yeah, so he knows your moves. Is that what you kind of feel like yeah, sometimes? Yeah, I, I know he's going to do it too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Let's flip it around. Who's the guy that when you're out there on the field in the NFL and you see him in his uniform, you're going to be, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm here. here. I can't I'm here. I'm in the NFL. I can't believe that guy's right there. It's got to be the Super Bowl champ. Uh, you know, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I'm excited to, you know, get out there and sit there in that position at defensive end and look uh, in the backfield and see Patrick sitting back there. Um, so I'm excited and looking forward to it. Unless he's your teammate, you never know. That would is you true. Rather, would you rather he be your teammate or would you rather be chasing him around? Uh, I think a teammate. <laughs> yeah. no, a your chances are better to win a and Super Bowl, I think. If, you're, if you join him, I think you got a better chance. You're right. I, I agree with that. Uh you know, with the defense end, you think you got some versatility, like some defensive tackle on third yep. downs and everything like that. What I want to know a little bit with, like, Iowa, because I'm always impressed. You guys don't always have, like, the fastest skill guys. But yeah. Coach Ferenc is – he seems to always have his players NFL ready. Yes, sir. Right? What it is about him, his magic, that kind of makes yep. you guys prepared for these moments? I think that's just the culture you come into when you commit to the university. Um, you know, from the get-go, they teach you the process. Um, you know, and taking a few years to develop yourself, develop your body, 
Um, they do a great job at you know taking guys who are a little under the radar, yeah. um, developing their toolbox, developing their skills, right. their NFL skill set. Yeah. Um, you know, they did a great job with with me with doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, I came in a little raw, yeah. um, skinny. They let you skinny. build your body, right? Exactly. They, right. they built out my body a little bit. You know, helped me. Um, you know, perfect some of my skills. And I think again, Coach Barents, you know, and you know all the other position coaches do a great job. Um, you know, at developing you know under the radar guys. Yeah. Yeah. What's the tape that you want would me to say, watch first or yes. you want to watch? What's the tape you want people to watch and what's the tape you don't want people to watch? <laughs> um, you know, I uh, I feel like I had a lot of success, you know, over my last couple years. Um, you know, regardless, um, you know, the game, I felt like I was able to make an impact. Any one game, game though where you felt like, oh man, that was a game I, I kind of dominated and kicked yeah. ass. Uh, this year we had a little extra for Purdue since last year they got us at home. Got, yeah, uh, right. Ruined a, our, I think it was our three-game win streak that we had going on. Um, so I felt like I brought a little extra juice when we played them at home this year. Had to get a little payback. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and then, you know, in terms of games that uh, you mentioned that I didn't, you know, yeah. like as well. didn't as have much. your best game. We all had those. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would just walked away a little unhappy with the, with the Michigan game. Okay. Obviously, we, our team really wanted that, right. um, and that was a tough loss for us. And I think uh, you know I could have done a little better to help change the outcome of that game. What's uh, growing up? I mean, I know you're a Blackhawks fan in hockey. Yes. They just traded away one of your players to the Rangers. So, Tanner. sorry, don't cry or anything, okay? Come <laughs> on. And then uh, football, you all Chicago? You Chicago guy through and through, like Bears? Yep. You grew up Bears fan? Grew up a Bears fan. Uh, you just sport all the Chicago sports. Yeah, so cool. Blackhawks fan, Bears fan. What about, fan. do you lean on other guys that have been in, like, you know, A.J. Epinesa, right, yep. in Buffalo? Mm-hmm. Is he somebody that you've reached out to, you know, yep. since the end of the season to kind of? feel out the process and what to expect? Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, you know, had some communication with AJ. Um, there's another guy, Chauncey Goldston, um, was yeah. a guy that I came in currently on the Cowboys. Sure. Um, he was a guy that was an older class, but when I came in as a freshman, so AJ was a little bit, you know, before my yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had a year with um, Chauncey, and we kind of built a stronger relationship together, and that's somebody who has, you know, had success at this next level yeah. and uh, felt that I could reach out to him, and he's gave me some good advice and been able to, you know, lead the, lead the way and, um, you know, teach me some things that, yeah. you know, help me out. Yeah, cool. The interview process here so far, other than talking to idiots like us, when you're talking to teams, what's been the vibe? You just yeah. give us an idea. I mean, new experience for you. Yes, How has that gone? Um, you know, it's been really cool, honestly. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of nerves and, you know, a little anxious going into it. Of course. But, um, you know, as I've, I think I've sat down with around 10 to 15 teams now over the last couple of days. Um, you know, some are a little, you know, do the interview process a little different than others. Yeah, they um, all do, right. For the, for the most part, you know, you sit down, you watch a little film, um, you know, you coach them up, teach them what you know. You know, I teach them the Iowa defense right. in the best way that I know it. Um, you know, talk to them on a personal level um, so they can get to know you. Um, as this is the most, you know, the first opportunity a lot of them have been able to see you in person. Um, but I've really enjoyed it. Um, again, it's been a great experience sitting down with some of these legendary coaches um, and getting to shake their hand and meet them. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited to play for one of these franchises. Yeah, dream come true, that's for sure. Uh, um, all right, so you're doing the whole combine? We doing yes, everything? Yes, sir. All right, what you know, like bench too? You doing bench with I those long ass arms and everything? <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Doing everything. All right, cool. That that's always good to hear. I mean, you want to give us like expectations 40 time like where you think what are you shooting for what's your you're hopeful you don't have to put yourself yep. out there if you I don't think, want to uh, I'll let the uh, I'll let my my work on Thursday okay yeah yeah you don't have to put that extra pressure on you yes sir all right I got you all right well one last thing like who's your who's your idol 
right now? Like, who's the guy you watch when you turn on a game on Sunday? Yep. Well, Dan, this is the guy I like watching yep. rush of the past. Well, unfortunately, he did just retire, but I used to love, uh, you know, watching J.J. Watt. Yeah, um, okay. You know, a lot of the, the ways that he rushes and the way that he impacts the game is someone that, you know, I would, you know, turn on on Sundays, and I was just excited to watch every single week. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good guy to, it's pretty that's a good. Good guy to look up to. And uh, there's a J.J. Watt void now in yep. the in the NFL. So. A Herculean void. Hercules, Hercules <laughs> can take over for the retired Hercules. All right, we'll wish you all the best. We appreciate awesome. some of your time, and we can't wait to see you out there Thank you guys. on Sundays, either with the Chiefs or, or chasing around the Chiefs quarterback. Yeah, either right. Way. I appreciate right, it. Thank you, guys. Lucas Van Ness. Joining us now, a guy who has taken the Bengals to elite status in a very short period of time. One of the best teams in the league, one of the best coaches in the league, Zach Whoa, Taylor. Zach, man. welcome back. Big play Bengals right here. I appreciate here. that. Yeah. Hey, it's true, though. You've earned true. it. I mean, you have. It helps to have Joe Burrow, but still, yeah. somebody's got to coach the guy, right? <laughs> somebody's got to get the most out of him, and you have. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. You've got a great group of players that are fun to coach, and, and uh, they got a lot of talent, so that makes it easy. Yeah, you got talent. You definitely do, but you have done a great job, and, and Mike, Mike said it right. Uh, this year, really just right off the bat, like, was there ever a worry of, like, Super Bowl hangover early in the year? Or like, oh, no, we might not be the same here. I really didn't feel that way. Right. We, we started 0-2 and, and then 2-2, two and, two and, and uh, th that narrative is out there. Yeah. But, but when you've been in it as long as we have, you know it's a long season. You know what your team's capable of. Right. And that it'll even out. Um, so we, we, didn't, we didn't have that fear. Yeah, yeah. Was there a chip on the shoulder, though? One of the things I said before the season, Zach, that everybody's on the Bills. It's the Bills, the Bills, the Bills. They're the Super Bowl favorites. Well, Bengals just went there like, what about us? Why, why is nobody talking about us? It, it, it felt like it took people a while to realize that it wasn't a fluke last year. It, it kind of got to that point for us a little bit. Uh, we, we were playing the Titans, I think, in November, and the narrative kept being we got this really difficult schedule we got to play, and we have to go play all these teams. And so that's kind of when it transitioned for us is, well, they got to come play us. We're a great team as well. And um, so, so we got a little tired of hearing that at one point, and, and then we won 10 in a row, and I think that narrative changed. Where, where did that they, they have to play us come from? Because I spoke to one of you guys. I think it may have been Sam Hubbard, and that was the first time I heard that. Yeah, but it right. felt like it's something that came out of the locker room. Did you plant that seed and they ran with it? Yeah, I think you could talk to 10 different guys and 10 different people get no, credit claim for it us. Now. But it's, it's something that I think just naturally yeah. um, we started to feel as, as a unit, and so we, we took and ran with it. Do you, do you like, ever uh, – there's a part of me that, like, when the, you guys were making your run there down the stretch, I was going, I don't know. You know, I know the last year's team went to the Super Bowl, but I'm not sure you're this team not better this year. You know, I know you didn't get to the Super Bowl. Most people look at it. But, you know, how did you kind of think those teams stacked up or ranked there? Well, it was a little more battle-tested this right, year. Right, right. You know, last year it right. just happened pretty quick. We yeah. had a great team. Right. Um, this year those guys knew what to expect. Yeah. They knew what that journey was going to be like, how hard it was going to be in December, January. Um, and and you got to take advantage of every moment. Can't let any of them slip through. Yeah. So, uh, and then you just get on a run and you just try to keep it going. You know, right. there's a little bit of luck. There's a lot of skill involved, and um, you just got to make the most of it. Yeah. How do you explain the fact that Joe Burrow finds a higher level in the postseason, where he just transforms into a different guy? I can't. Um, I can't explain it. You know, that's that's why he's the number one pick, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion. Not many people can say that. Yeah. He's just built different and. Uh, whether that comes from being the coach, of, uh, the son of a coach, um, his background growing up as a kid, um, it's hard to put your finger on it. But one thing I will say is his preparation is so consistent uh, all through the year, all 12 months. And he never wavers from that. And so he's always in a position to be at his best when we need it. I, 
you do deserve some of the credit there. You're you're Johnny Humble. I've known you for a while, so you're going to be that way. But you did program this robot that's playing quarterback for you guys. You know, talk about that process. You know, I'm on Michael. Tell you, I go. Oh, sometimes I wish the Bengals would motion and move sometimes. And then I come on and go. Yeah, but when they run there and stay in their formations, they just always get to the right play. And like the balance of that and programming him, it seems where you guys have kind of gone to another level. There, there's a balance, right? For right, sure, right. And, and there's also teams you play where that doesn't always benefit you. Yeah, where it does, right. and so um, you know, with with Joe, he's so smart. Yeah. He sees things so well. Um, there are times when you don't want to overcomplicate it, right. you know, and just let him play fast. And you know, he'll he get to the to. right play, and, what and, you're and we got receivers that can win. Right. And so, right. Um, so you, sometimes you don't want to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Sometimes you need to just to change things up. Sure. Uh, we try to strike that balance. With yeah. Us. Yeah. How are we going to navigate dividing cap dollars among great <laughs> players? Because you're there with Joe, and then yeah. next year you're going to be there with Jamar, and T. Higgins is part of that mix along the way. This is a challenge the Bengals have never had. Yeah. How, how is that going to be addressed? Yeah, it's a challenge, you know, and that's our front office has done a great job of formulating a plan, and then you're always going to have to adjust as things go, obviously. Um, but, but that's part of being a really good team and having really good players. Their, their dollar amounts always decrease as you win, and they start to play at a high level, and that's just one of the challenges we're going to have to navigate. I, um, I, I saw a ticked-off Zach Taylor, I felt like, at the end of the year, or a side of you that I feel like you don't always show everybody. You know, and, and, and can you kind of maybe explain that a little bit? You know, I don't know if it had to do with the coin toss crap or all of that, but you certainly gave, it seemed like, like Mike said a few oh. minutes ago, an edge to your team yes. that everybody fed off of. Well, I mean, there comes a point where, where you want to defend your guys, yeah. you know, and, and uh, enough is enough. And um, we feel like we're doing everything we could to put ourselves in a great position. And, and I just wanted our guys to know that we got their backs. Right. You guys keep working hard and we'll keep fighting for you. And, uh, and you know, I think it served us well in the field. It gave our guys an edge and, and uh, really, you know, kind of went our way. In yeah, some when you say defend your guys, though, are you defending them more because of just that or was there even more? Was it more of like all of it together? Was it him, like what he talked about? Is it just the lack of national attention you were getting or was it just the coin toss, bull crap rule they were going to throw into the home field thing? You could probably uh, put it all some together. Things, yeah, you know, over <laughs> yeah. time. And, and again, yeah. our guys were doing everything they could to put themselves in a great position on the field. Yeah. And, controlling everything they could control right and uh you know that's all there is to yeah. it well and it really did feel like despite the tragic side of things and it's good it's worked out for demar hamlin you guys just kind of got lost in the shuffle it was all bills chiefs bills chiefs and then they throw this weird coin toss curveball oh you won the division but if you lose to the ravens you have yeah. to go play there just right. it didn't make any sense and there wasn't a fair allocation for the possibility that you guys would have beaten the the uh, bills that night and it just it and it, it so it was it was kind of you know coaches are always looking for something yeah. to to get mad about you didn't have to look very hard that one just kind of fell into your lap that something just didn't feel right here well once the dust settled uh, it became our path our path was we needed to beat Baltimore twice we needed to go on the road and beat Buffalo and then we needed to go on the road and beat Kansas City and so uh, once the dust has settled there's nothing else to do about it we embraced it we we wanted that path at the end of the day. Uh, Buffalo had been really difficult. They've been 13 and one over their history of home playoff games. We embraced that. Um, we wanted to walk off the field with them 13 and two, and so our guys took that edge and ran with it. And unfortunately, we just came up a little bit short in Kansas City. That like, I don't like the last game of the year, then have to play the same team next week in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't like it. I know it's unavoidable, yeah. but like, yeah, speak to the challenges. Maybe that gives a head coach or a division rival played them the last yeah. game of the year, and now I got to play in the playoff game. To me, that would like that stinks. I, I don't like it, and it's got to be hard on you. 
it's it's uh it's hard for both teams. I know. First of all, I know. And it's are you overthinking things the next right, week? Right. Yeah. How do you find that balance of? I don't know. Right. I don't know what the balance is. Yeah. I I'd never yeah. done it before in my career. Right. Um. So it was the first time going through it. Uh, we were fortunate enough to win both those games. Yeah. Um. So whether what we did was right or wrong, it's hard to say. Yeah. We, we knew they were going to be close games, one score games. Right. So that's what they were. Right. Um. They got a great team, and it's it's a challenge. We got to play a great team two weeks in a row. Yeah. It's, it's it's tough. Yeah. Stuff. The Chiefs game it ends with the and because it, it really felt like you guys were going to drive down the field and win it with a field goal and I don't need to run through everything you know what happened but it ended with the Joseph Asai hit. Um, how do you process that as a coach? Do you just accept that that possibly happens and there's nothing you can do to avoid it, or do you try to take something from that that you'll use to coach your guys next year? Yeah, I, we'll take every coaching coaching tidbit we can you know whether it's penalties or opportunities missed for us but what could he have um, done there differently than what he did because he's the, running the, full the speed trying to make a play is, is he is he is 100 percent energy all the time practice games and um, that's just one time where, where it bit us yeah. but but there's so many times where that has paid off uh when we beat kansas city in december in cincinnati he made the play to sack Mahomes because of his insulin energy yeah. at the end of the game on third down right that, that made him kick the ball through. right kick so, it he might uh, go down and score goal, yeah. yeah so right, so right. Uh, because he made that effort play yeah. in the first game, we won the game, and, and then that one gets us in the next one. So, um, you know, he just he's a guy who loves football. He plays his tail off all the time, and um, you know, it's something that we'll all learn from. You um, you speak highly of your team. I mean, your team's awesome. I know how you know much you love them and everything like that. I, I, speak to the the team you got this rivalry going with right now, like if you don't mind the Chiefs. Just what is it about them? Talk about Mahomes a little bit. You got a magical quarterback. You got to damn deal with this magical quarterback. You know, kind of just talk about that rivalry and, and him and them all together. Yeah, it's always a battle. You know, we've played them, uh, what, four four times yeah. over the last two years. Right. And, and they've always come down to the wire. Right. We know that. They have great coaches. They have tremendous players. Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Kelsey, you can name all these guys. And um, our guys are always up for the challenge, as are they. And it always comes down to the to final possession. And, um, you know, that's a great thing to kind of have that, that – um, that team that's that's on that level that, that you get up against every and we right. play them in some big moments. We always play them late in the year in December, right. and we end up playing them in the playoffs. And and uh, our guys are always up for the challenge. Yeah, it's crazy. When I was growing up, you know, the great teams would would kill the bad teams, and when they would cross paths with the great teams, it it wouldn't be razor thin all the time. It just feels like so many of these games now yeah. come down to a weird thing here or a weird thing there. That's to drive you crazy as a coach because you put all this time and effort into it and every game comes down to some crazy shit sorry that happens that nobody can control. We, we've been in a lot of crazy games and we take a lot of pride in learning from all of them and trying to carry it over to, to being able to win the next crazy game however it plays out. And so We've been in a lot of tight games, a lot of big games. I, I really do feel like our coaches and players have learned from all of them to keep building us into the team that, that we hope to continue to become, sustain, and um, to get us to that championship level where we win a Super Bowl. And we're going to learn from all these experiences. And uh, we're always adding new players along the way, but but we're always counting on our guys to remember some of these seasons we've had in the past to get us to that next level. Yeah, like uh, right, let's talk about your freak show receiver, Jamar Chase. Just, mm -hmm. you know, him, like, 
Did you know from get-go it was just going to be like what it is right now, or was there a moment or you know something that you could speak of to go, oh, man, this guy's on a different level? Yeah, I'd say there's two. Right. Um, when we were watching Burrow on the tape before we drafted Burrow, <laughs> it was who's this other guy that no one's telling us <laughs> about because he wasn't eligible. He wasn't eligible. Justin and can Jefferson you imagine if we had this guy? <laughs> yeah, and, right. <laughs> and, then, and then the next year at the Pro Day, I was at Kyle Pitts Pro Day down in Florida. Yeah. Troy Walters and uh, Duke Tobin and some of those guys were, were at uh, – Jamar's pro day. Right. I remember texting Troy Walters, and he said, that, "No brainer." That was the, the answer was no brainer after right. the pro day. He taken a year off, he right. opted out. And, sure. Um, so those were kind of the first two previews we had at Jamar, and and uh, it's fit us really well. Yeah, and 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 to that, like, speak to like, what, I mean, not only I'm always amazed, and almost going back to what we were talking about before, he's lined up to the left. He's such a coverage indicator or a yeah. defense indicator because they always have to bend to him, or they're worried about being one on one. Uh, it's great value he gives your offense or the wh- how he makes the defense on the line, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There's no question. Yeah. You know, that, that's one of the things we – the challenges we face is we're going to see different coverages every week yeah. uh, based on the, the skill guys that we have out right. there. So you got Jamar on one side and T on the other. Yeah. It's a size matchup right. for most guys he faces. And then Tyler Boyd in the middle, mm. you know, who does such a great job. He's one of the premier slot receivers in the league. And so it's really fun for us to be able to navigate those uh, – you can call them challenges, but but they're, they're exciting opportunities for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Running back Joe Mixon has been the center of some speculation that this may be the end of the road for him or he's going to have to take a significant pay cut. Do you have any insight on where that's going to go? Is he going to be part of the team in 2023? Yeah, we're, we're thankful he's under contract, and he's been such a big part of what we did, uh, voted captain for us. And so, again, we're always going to get those questions every year with guys that are on contract and, and things, but but we're, we're happy that he's part of what we're doing. O-line, like I was worried a little earlier in the year. But they came around and yeah. started to play really good football, right? Yeah. You know, what, what was there a moment where you went, okay, I think we've settled in and they got used to our system or, or feeling comfortable? Yeah, well, the first two weeks we played Pittsburgh, uh, you <laughs> which, know, and we, which we got, sucks to start we the got year TJ with that. healthy in week one and week nine. There's the only two games we played the first two games of the season. <laughs> right, and, uh, he right. got hurt on the last I play of our about game. That. Right. And so, you know, we had a tough one there and we played Michael Parsons uh, the next week. Yeah, right. And so it, the narrative was not great to start. Yeah. When we knew we played two of the better pass rushing teams in the league, right. uh, we were kind of getting our feet wet as the season went. Guys really settled down. There was no panic on our end. Yeah, I yeah. know the narrative was what it was. You can't control that when you give up that many sacks. Right. Everybody was involved in that. Play calling, yeah. quarterback, O-line, running backs, right. everybody was involved. Right. And um, I thought those guys really settled in and gave us what we needed. Yeah. You you said uh, not long ago you're basically going to die at your desk, which yeah. which has been my approach for years now, and I may be getting close to the point where it happens. But, you know, that 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 passion, where does that passion come from and that, that, that commitment, that vision that you know this is what you want to do indefinitely? Yeah, it's such – I love being in Cincinnati. I, I worked for the University of Cincinnati for a year. That's where I fell in love with the city, my wife, uh, the people we were friends with. And then you get to go work for an organization with ownership that I love being around genuinely. We have great communication. Duke is, is the best in the business. Um, our relationship's tremendous. And so, you know, what could possibly be better? You know, I've, I love coaching. I love where I'm doing it at. I love the players we do it with. Uh, my family's very happy. And so I can't imagine a better situation anywhere in the world for me. I know you got to go, but I, w- I do want to ask one more just overall NFL philosophical question. Do you get, and I, I know you got to be careful here a little, but do you get frustrated with the two different ways the games are refed between the regular season and the postseason. As an ex-quarterback and a guy like this, I'm going, man, if I had to play quarterback where that was pass interference all year long, but now we don't call that, that would take some getting used to. 
I think that's a question for somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best answer you ever gave. (laughs) Get on the competition (laughs) committee, and then we can ask you that question. (laughs) Got it. All right. All right. right. Well, congratulations (laughs) on all your success, and uh, we have a feeling you're going to continue to be in the mix for as long as Joe Burrow is around. I mean, he said it himself. The window is his career, and I can't imagine the Bengals ever being anything but competitive as long as that guy's able to play. We like our players to have confidence in themselves, and, and Joe's got plenty of it, but he's earned it. Yeah. Yep. All right, there he is, Zach there Taylor. Is. We'll be back with more from with the me. combine. He agreed with me and what I said on the press. <laughs> Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. At Delta, we know Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better, and so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. I love that line. Go find your own receiver. It reminds me of when my son was young, three or four. Right, and. I was trying to hug my wife, right? And he told me to get go your find own, your own get mommy. your own mom. Yeah, get your own mom. That's right. Yeah, and she was probably like, "Yeah, you're right. Actually, go get, yeah, go get your own." I said mom. to my son, "My mother's dead. Yeah. How's that make you feel?" Yeah. Oh, now Damn, I, you, I was gonna say, <laughs> "Whoa, you're throwing shots like that at <laughs> no, a four-year-old? You really are some snarky <laughs> bastard." <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that my gosh! Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, we're getting heckled by Miles too. This is gonna be a fun segment. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, the Bengals and T. Yeah. Higgins. We were talking about this last night. Like, where did this even come from? Yeah, right. That they may trade T. Higgins. Right. Is it just as simple as we have a receiver who's really good, who's got three years in, he's going to want a lot of money, so they're just going to trade him and take the draft picks? Yes. Now, now, I can understand at a certain level the appeal of the thought process because you can't pay everybody. Right. And you could put plenty of guys across from Jamar Chase who would become T. Higgins, but T. Higgins is special. T. Higgins just isn't guy who happens to benefit from Jamar Chase being double covered. No. T. Higgins would be number one on double covered guy on right. a lot of teams. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I you know, I, I think it's one where you're explaining it right, Mike. You don't give up on that little trio formula, you know, you exhaust all options to keep it to keep it together. And, you know, again, everybody, everybody's obsessed with, like, hey, you can't pay anybody anymore. So you can't build a team. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Did the Chiefs with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey not go to the Super Bowl while they were being paid one year? 
You know, I know, you know, so, so I, and I understand receiver money is bigger than that, but they can still make this happen. And yes, they got something special there. So I, I'm with you, Mike, and we kind of flushed this out last night with our producer, Matt Casey, too, and just the fact that it was like, it kind of seemed like it was a social media, you know, hopeful fan base thing. And then it got, became a real conversation as, as far as like, you know, hey, we're the Giants, and we think T. Higgins might be, you know, available for trade. So that's where it came from, it seems like. But I look at it, Mike, and go, damn, do we not have a chance to be Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, and Alvin Harper, or, you know, Montana Rice and John Taylor with this three, where you can just build pieces around it and have those three and be, uh, you know, a game-changing type team year in and year out? I think what happens, and this is a product of the business and we're part of it, so I'm not justifying it, I'm not criticizing it, I'm just explaining to people what happens. So many people are trying to get information. So many people are trying to advance the ball. And the reality is, when we get to this phase of the offseason, just like the Bears are having conversations with teams about trading down, well, that happens every offseason. Is it newsworthy when it's happening? I suppose, but it's not abnormal. There's always conversations. There are conversations regarding possible trades for a wide variety of players and draft positions. It's just part of doing the due diligence. It's part of justifying your paycheck if you're a GM. You want to know what's out there. You're having these conversations. T. Higgins, hey, what would you want for T. Higgins? Well, this is what we want for T. Higgins. Is that but we're not going to trade him. I mean, is that enough to make it a trade conversation? The fact that a team would want to do it, and I think sometimes maybe a team tries to speak it into existence by Agreed putting it out there. Agreed with that. You know, yep. we'd be interested in trading for T. Higgins. Hey, so-and-so, why don't you go tweet that? And, right. And uh, folks that are, are, are looking to say, hey, boss, I, I have breaking news, then that's what happens. So it's not abnormal, and it would be expected for teams to look at the circumstances in Cincinnati, with Joe Burrow up for a contract now, Jamar Chase in a year, T. Higgins eligible now, entering the fourth year of his four-year rookie contract. Yes, we may very well move on. That's something that you would look at as a possibility. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Doesn't mean it makes sense. But it, it makes sense to plant that flag. And I think that's where a lot of this comes I, I from. I think so. You're right. It was more about the you know, speaking into a d- existence. I think uh, I just disagree with your thought there. Um, you know, you got the perfect trio there. Burrow special, we know that. Jamar Chase, three rockets up his butt, can do whatever he wants in the football field. And then you got a guy that, like we saw against the Chiefs or a number of games, covered, doesn't matter, just throw it up in the freaking air and he's going to go get it. Let, let alone he's got some yak ability to go along with that. I kind of look at it, first off, the Bengals, it, it's amazing you know, you look at the, the final four teams, and you go, the Chiefs and the Eagles have a ton of draft picks. The Bengals have a ton of money to spend this year. As it looks right now, they're kind of towards the top of salary cap uh, availability and money. I think Tyler Boyd's the guy I look at to go, he's going to be the odd man out here at some point. He might be the guy that gets traded or something along those conversations where they can save a little money and go, okay, you know, he got him. We don't have to worry about anything in the future, anything like that. And – Okay, now we got Joe and T. Higgins this year. Let's try to figure some things out. But that's where I could kind of see this going. Uh, but I think they will exhaust every option to keep the, you know, the special trio of Burrow, Higgins, and Chase alive. Well, and this is the other side of the reality we haven't addressed. If T. Higgins wants $30 million a year, that potentially changes sure. the analysis. Sure. And we don't know where that stands. Until he signs his contract, we have seen it happen enough other times that anything could happen. Yep. And it wouldn't be crazy if it did, but – there's a lot of factors and a lot of moving parts. And 
and you're right. I think sometimes interested teams want it to become a thing yeah. so they maybe have their shot at a guy. And uh, this is all happening against the backdrop of the reality that there are plenty of great young receivers out there, too. Well, yeah, so you that's... have to ask yourself, how much do we want to spend when the receiver position is kind of becoming like the running back position? Well, it does. I mean, we've we certainly seen them growing on trees to a degree. But, you know, we saw a team take that risk last year, right? Oh, they're growing on trees. We'll trade away A.J. Brown and get Trey Lumberg. A negative ghost rider, that was not A.J. Brown out there. You missed him, Tennessee. That was a big, big issue. Uh, so I, I, uh, there's still incredible value, even though there's a lot of them out there. I mean, again, you get to the big teams in football, the final four, a lot of studs at receiver in those football games really was. And, you know, big-time receiver, they're the type of guys that, like, we talk about all the time. The NFL is too hard to be in 12-play, 80-yard drive. We executed perfect, perfectly. you got to have some, hey, I threw up a, a ball into double coverage, and he made a 60-yard catch, or he caught a slant and ran for a 50-yard gain. And um, that's where I just see the beauty of the Bengals and what they got working there. So we'll see where that goes. It's a dicey game to play, I guess. It's like you said. It, have the bird in the hand, two in the bush, right? You That's know, right. No. Got it, got right. it right for Got the first right. time ever. Uh, money on the table across the board. Is that what it is? <laughs> I, did, I said something. I've said a few this week. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. That yeah. was Monday, I think. Yeah, that was Monday. <laughs> By the way, you heard Zach Taylor talking about Joe Mixon. He said he's under contract. He's a great leader. He was a team captain. Duke Tobin said, as to Mixon, I'm not going to predict the offseason. I don't have the answers. Again, there's $9.4 million in non-guaranteed salary. That would be Mixon. another guy that I'd go watch out for that for, for the same reason we talked about, right? That money, I could see them releasing, trading, whatever. You and can find a replacement, can, right. dollar for dollar, better value, younger, more tread on the tires. It would be a good leader that they would be sacrificing. Sure. But that, that's just something else to keep an eye on as we get closer to Agreed. the start of the new league year. Agreed. Okay, Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive tackle who was charged today with a pair of misdemeanors. He was going to be here at the podium. He was going to be on set with us. The official word is he was delayed in medical examination. As I said, it made sense for him to not speak now that he knows what he knows, and here's the statement that was issued just a little bit ago. This morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. That's straight from Jalen Carter, just hot off the presses. So there were reports he'd already left. He hadn't, but it sounds like he's he's going to go back to Georgia and take care of business based upon this statement. It yep. sounds like if you read between the lines, that's what he's saying. Yeah, he's going right, to do. right. He's going to confront the situation. So we'll see where it goes here. And yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, what, I'm, I'm interested to know what, what parts of the story or the aspect of it that's, you know, not totally accurate there, but certainly a tough situation for him. And hey, a crazy situation just because this is one of the stars of the draft. You know, if you're wondering why Georgia was unstoppable on the defensive side of the ball again this year and just running over people, well, it started with this big guy from Georgia, number 88. He's a, he's a top 10 pick in the draft. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So it's just now, how does he handle it? You know, does he fall because of this? Is there a team that takes him off the board? 
you know, I don't know. I, it doesn't look like it's going to get that way to me, uh, but we'll see where it Too goes. Too early to tell. That's right. Too early to tell. Facts to be determined. And, again, he says it is my intention to return to Athens. He doesn't say when. Yeah. Could be after this process. Could right. be right now. Could be in between. Who knows? But he plans to go answer the charges, and ultimately his statement is, his belief is, he will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. We're going to take a break. When we return, our conversation from yesterday afternoon with the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles general manager, the PFT executive of the year, Howie Roseman, from yesterday afternoon. You'll hear it next here on PFT Live. Nobody even gives me, am I okay? Do you Back like where I'm at? Am I good? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm trying to start the segment. No, that's good. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, nobody yeah, says, hey, we're good. starting in five that's seconds. That's what he was and complaining huh? about. Oh, that was a great start. We got the countdown. He did. Yeah, it worked out well. Yeah, it was we good. Go. We're going. Howie Roseman. Jeez, no. Not just the show. Not just <laughs> the general manager of the Eagles. And I'm going to regret this potentially. Why? Well, you know our new tradition that has cost me plenty of money this year. Executive of the year. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Well, I'll I tell like, you the story I like your money. briefly. I'd like you to spend it on your wardrobe, but I like your money. <laughs> last year. <laughs> Get him, Allie. Last year, I told Mike Vrabel he was coach of the year, yeah. 2021. He said, what do I get? It's like, I've never been asked that question before. Mm-hmm. And I joked around, you know, a canned ham. He said, well, actually, I like honey-baked ham, so I sent him a ham. So this year, Dayball's coach of the year. Dayball gets a box of cigars. That's what he wanted. Okay. We go to the Super Bowl, Christian McCaffrey's comeback player of the year, and I just blurted it out. What do you right. want? He wants a nice putter. So... $400 later, he's got a nice putter. Really? So then Justin Jefferson's on. He's Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> what do you want? He wanted the gaming PC. And I texted his agent afterwards. He just kidding. No, he's dead serious. So he has a it gaming PC. It was more PC. than $400, too, Howie, just to let you know the price so, range here. Wow. It was more. So you're on the show. Oh. You're executive of the year. Wow. What wow. do you want? I got I to gotta do this right now? No, Let's you don't me, have to. You can think about it. Give me some things No, no. I, well, so no, I can't, no, I can't no, ask just, for, like, a new watch. Well, that's, that's past I mean, well, you, it depends uh, on what kind of watch. Justin yes. Jefferson's PC was Stop it. Watch budget. My budget is exhausted. I like this watch. Do you want two of them? I would love two of them. That would be a very fair price. Great. I'm going to find something, and we're going to make sure we get something that's fair. Good, good. I'll make sure I stay on them. Um, well, you earned it this year. Yeah, you did. Yeah, good. You got a team that top to bottom was the best roster in the league, regardless of how the season turned out. That was one of the, that was why we struggled going into Super Bowl weeks. Like the Eagles are the better team here. How are we not picking the Eagles? Well, they don't have Mahomes. That's the only difference. But top to bottom, offensive line, defensive line, everything you put together, the best roster in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's our job, right, to try to put together the best possible team. And, um, you know, the the way our quarterback played in that game is incredibly exciting for our franchise and the future of our team. And, you know, things will change. That's what happens in the NFL. They'll change, and we'll have to adjust and have a plan for it to get back. And, you know, we talked about it before we came on the show. You know, just because you say you're going to get back, I mean, every time – team loses in the Super Bowl, everyone, well, we'll be back. We'll be back. Well, we got to make that happen. Yeah. And how do we make that happen? By continuing to do the right things and um, having a good process um, and making sure that we're giving our coaches the right kind of players. What, what's like, you know, because it's still fresh, and I don't mean to go there, but I'm going to go there. But he's going to go there anyway. Well, I am. But like, what's what's more powerful? Because, you know, I, as an athlete and played in the league, I, I mean, I know a little, like, was it more powerful of a feeling winning the Super Bowl in 2017 or the – dejection after this loss this year i think when when you won um you felt like this like this feeling of like this is what it's all about you know this this is why i do this this is this is why i make the sacrifices i make 
personally um, to be away from my family because this feeling is unique and um, how, how do I get it back and how hard it is to get it back and how hard you have to work but you feel like this sense of okay like I can do it because I know how good that feels right and when you lose it, it's um, it's a scar you know it's just something that that's always going to be there it's always going to be part of you and um, you know I'm, I'm not saying that in a way that it's it's not motivating it's yeah. just it's just the reality of right, it you know right. like it, it's part of your journey and um, you know you think about it I mean Coach Rita's with Coach Rita a long time it's like he's lost the Super Bowl obviously you know um, the best coaches um, who've ever come to this game have lost right. uh, Super Bowl so it's it's part of it when you're doing this long enough but um, I'd say losing the Super Bowl hurts yeah. more than winning the Super Bowl feels, feels good. great yeah that it's seems an to be a unbelievable answer. feeling to win the Super Bowl. I know, listen, but, but it, yeah. it's painful. It's painful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a reason. I, I think about you know I only played like ten games in my life, but I think about the losses more than the wins sometimes. Yeah. How does it feel watching the Super Bowl when there's nothing during you can the game? Do? Yes, while yeah. you're especially when the first half ends, you're up ten, and it's kind of like you know we probably should be up more than ten. The way this is all gone, like what what's going on in your gut as you're well, witnessing? I think first all of, of all, you know, I have four kids, and when I watch them play sports, it's it's like you you, you want to reach out and put them in the positions that they should be in, right? You want to just freaking grab them and say. Hey, like that ball is coming back to that guy. You cut off that passing alley right there, and you were going to get that steal, and you can't do it, right? Yeah. And so when you watch, in our in my role, I can't. I'm. I, we have great coaches, so this is nothing at all critical. But I can't do anything on Sunday. Yeah. So I literally sit up there, and it's like watching 53 of your kids, plus all these coaches that you have personal relationships, and you can't do anything. So all this part of the year, you have you have a chance to control outcomes, you know, which I. I, I feel like is a great responsibility I have, and and when you're doing it, it pulls at you. And um, you know, when we when we when we won the first Super Bowl, um, with a minute to go, Tom had the ball down eight, and for some reason, Al Michaels started. They they flipped to me on TV, and I'm pacing like I'm looking. I look like like a psychotic person, you know. And um, you know, later we win, and someone tells me the next day like. Um, one of these the, the late night shows, maybe Jimmy Kimmel was like, "Oh, you want to be an NFL general manager? Look at this guy. He's a psychopath right now." And I'm like, "Of course, I'm a psychopath." Tom Brady has the ball down eight, and <laughs> right. we're trying to win our first championship. Yeah, yeah. and um, and then in this game, when Jalen scored on that two point conversion, which yeah. was, a, I mean, a phenomenal play. Like they, just they put you on the will, screen again, yeah. and they put me on the screen I again, yeah. and I was out of my going mind. crazy. I was out of <laughs> my were. mind. <laughs> Fist and, uh, I was out of my mind, <laughs> yeah. and um, and and. It's because I love it. I love it. I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm very passionate about the people who I'm doing it with. And when good things happen, I'm excited about it. When bad things happen, yeah, I'm bummed. But I also know my role is um, to continue to move forward and to continue driving and, and give us an opportunity to try to do it again. And um, that's what I'll do. You, you talk about you know the man of the hour in Philadelphia, your quarterback. He was awesome. Awesome. He's, mm-hmm. you know, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to shy away. I was one that wasn't sure how great he could be or whatever. Mm-hmm. He certainly proved me wrong. You know, what was the moment when you went like, oh, wait, this guy's like real deal? Was it? Does it go back to the 2022 season? Or yeah. was there a moment this year where you went like, uh-oh, like we've turned the corner here to go, this is a big-time player instead of just a guy yeah, maybe? I think first it goes back to, yeah. to really his college career. Okay. And, and, you know, I think it really goes back to the our overall process with anyone 
And you think about it, like the guy, the guy started as a true freshman at the University of Alabama, was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year right. as a true freshman, got them to the national championship game, you know, faced adversity, like a lot of great players and people have to deal with, and, you know, came back firing. And he was, um, you know, a Heisman finalist uh, when he transferred to Oklahoma. And what you saw is that people, they basically said at Alabama, and they said, and Coach Saban has said this, you know, you need to work on your ability as a drop-back passer. Mm -hmm. And he had this unique work ethic, this unique ability when you tell him what to do to want to get better at this elite competitiveness. And he has unique physical ability. Like, he is a physically gifted player. And so you combine that with work ethic, with character, um, with his ability to connect with his players. And so you saw that. You know, I remember during our first training camp, a couple of our veteran players came up to me and they said, man, when you made that pick, we were like, "What, what, what is he doing? And... We see it, yeah, you know, right. and um, and it didn't happen right away. Just like it doesn't usually happen uh, right away for most players yeah. in this league or most people in any job they have. It takes a minute, and we're in a world where if it doesn't happen like that, you're not good enough. Yeah. And um, I feel like last year uh, he made tremendous strides, and and we decided like we had to help him, yeah. you know, and we we had to make sure that we were putting him in a position to have success. And um, like everyone, you need good people around you, and. Um, you know, I think he, he showed that from day one. You know, it was the first practice he came back, and he was firing on all cylinders. And, um, you know, he had a phenomenal year. And I, I don't know that, you know, there there's really a ceiling on how he can play because of who he is and um, what he wants to do. Yeah. From Jalen to Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson still waiting for his contract. These guys are going to get paid. And you've previously said you're not going to delve into the details. I want to ask right. you this, though. Do you envision a day? when elite quarterbacks who have earned big contracts will simply get their compensation tied to a percentage of the cap year in and year out on a long-term deal. So you don't budget the specific dollar, but you budget the cents on the dollar that go to the quarterback and you have everything left over for the rest of your team. So so this is interesting, Chris, because you could see this. Like The thing that I, I, I really do admire about you, Mike, is that when you have something on your mind and a point to make about something, we'll read about it consistently and <laughs> you will hammer it home. So luckily, I do read PFT and I do see and he that is you're aware. on this. He is aware. So, so and I, I am aware. And I live with this and, guy and here, so, you know, I, It makes I do, too much sense I do to not, not do it. I do not envision a reality that I don't currently live in. I envision the reality I currently live in, and I, I try to take place in that reality. But what if, so, if Jalen Hurts would be I, I happy with in, 12 cents on the dollar, 13 cents I, I, on I the dollar? I don't live in what ifs. I live okay. in what is. He's li- he doesn't I, live in he, What if you I, wore a better collared shirt? He already yeah, said what it. Is it? What is it? What is it? I mean, you look good. You lost weight. You know, I, you look good. You look in fighting shape. Do I think that maybe, you know, you should, you know, buy into that? And look, look, look at, like, he's got a wardrobe. He's got a stylist. <laughs> he's killing you. I don't I think so. This. I think I'm complimenting him. I'm yeah, gee, you look great. Now go buy more clothes because they don't fit you. <laughs> and buy him his gift, too. Don't forget yeah. about that. Yeah, I can't buy new clothes. I have to buy him a $2,500 watch, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. so more uh, <laughs> um all right i do want to ask about one more thing about the super bowl right i, I mean i know you're you, you like you said you're not the coach you're not playing on the football field but when were you aware of the field situation 
Did you know in pregame when you were walking around, did you start to hear players complain, or was it more of a thing like? Yeah, I think there's communication all week about yeah. the, the circumstances that you're dealing with. And, again, like, I, there's no excuses, you know. The, I the, know. The Chiefs played on the same field as we did, and, and at the end of the day, that's not the reason we lost the game. You know, the, the Chiefs deserve their championship. You know, I don't think that there's, there's no asterisk here. You know, I know, at the, I know. At the end of the day, and, and I don't think, you know, it's productive for any of us to make excuses. You know, that would be a disservice to – the Chiefs, the Chiefs organization, uh, Coach Reed, um, and, and, and I don't feel comfortable doing that. All right, all right. Yeah, I just but was wondering still if you took, knew, if you knew pregame or like, like, like we just talked about, we can't talk about what if. Well, we Andy, just was about just, what is. Andy was interesting in that they had the kickers there or whatever on Friday or Saturday, and they were like, the field's great, it's perfect. Yeah. And he's like, something must have changed in that 24 hours. Yeah. Our, I just was our, wondering our if you were aware. Were there too. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I, yeah. Coach Sirianni does an amazing job. Of preparing for everything, so that the, there, everyone knew the circumstances of what we're going. Okay, on. all right, good, nice, respectful, respectful answer there. <laughs> Where do you think you need to improve this roster that is indeed, from our assessment, stock top to bottom? Yeah, I think when you look at it realistically, we have a lot of offensive players that are under contract for a long time, um, and that's exciting. I think obviously when you look at our free agents, we got a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the yeah. ball. Hargrave, um, Edwards, Bradbury, to name a few. Yeah. Let's just Gardner talk about Johnson. the Super Bowl and all our free agents. That's, <laughs> that's, really, that's really make me happy as I come to Indianapolis. I think that um, you know where I think that balance is is that um, the next two years we're gonna have a lot of picks. You know we we have we'll have three ones, three twos. I think based on on the comp formula, just based on the sheer amount of free agents we have. Um, we'll have probably three threes next year. We're going to have nine first and second day picks in the next two years. And we have a lot of players under contract. So I think we have an opportunity here to continue to be a really good team and, and balance it with some good young players. You know, our first three picks in last year's draft, Jordan Davis, um, Cam Jurgens, and Nicobe Dean, they didn't have the opportunity to play, not because they weren't ready to play, but because we had veterans in front of them. And so, you know, we add those guys um, and give those guys an opportunity to step up, you know, uh, Cam can play center and guard. Jordan can play all along the line. Nicobe can play off-ball linebacker. We have two free agents there. And um, and I think it's okay. It's okay to have young sure, players and, sure. and add it and uh, continue to have our veterans. So um, we'll, we'll see what, what goes on with our free agents. We won't be able to keep them all. Um, and we'll just make sure we, we don't go into the draft drafting for need and try to address as many of our needs as we can and also be comfortable that, you know, I think in our best years we haven't come out of the draft with everything taken care of and knowing that you can still find players in May. Sure. You know, we find James Bradbury in May. You can still make trades in August. Yeah. You know, we went and traded for Chauncey in August. Yeah. You can still make trades at the trade deadline. Right. You know, we had an edge rusher in October. And right. So I think right. – Roster building um, should take place. You know, once you get to the trade deadline, it's kind of hard. Yeah. But um, we, we won't stop till then. Well, all right, let's go one more thing there just on – you made the move of the offseason last year. You did, all right? You want to be positive here right. for Thank the you. first time Thank in the interview, okay? <laughs> no, but you made the move of the offseason on A.J. Brown, right? Well, I guess game changer for your football team – did what I'm interested in is did you know leading up to the week or was that like one of those things that kind of happened that day like was there some conversation yeah prior? there was conversation okay. that that okay. happened uh, prior to the week and then that day was more spent on trying to make sure that we can get a contract on with yeah, him right. um, during that day um, sometimes deadlines are a good thing you know sometimes um, when you when you don't have the whole off season to talk about a contract and you got hey we got to do this by the time the 17th pick comes on the clock Sometimes that works, yeah. you know. Maybe it was the 18th pick. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I think for us, just where we were as a team, 
um, the, the kind of player he was, mm -hmm. the chemistry he had with Jalen, it just fit, fit for us. It worked. It's um, and uh, I think, as you see, like, it, you know, it, it's good to have balance. You know, obviously, his skills get kind of balanced. Devontae, who's a tremendous player, who balances our tight end, Dallas Goddard, who's right. a tremendous player, who, you know, obviously our offensive line's tremendous. And, uh, you know, our run game, um, you know, past two years has been top three in the NFL. So um, you, want, you want to have balance. I mean, you want to have really good players and balance. Yeah. You know, since you don't want to play the what-if game, I'm not going to ask you what if, as explained in last week's item in The Athletic about the Rams and Sean McVay, if they hadn't gotten Allen Robinson and you had, what if that had happened? I'm not going to ask you that. I'm not going to ask you. You want to, though. You I, want, you I want, know, because I know, I know, I know you're not yeah. going to answer don't live, He doesn't live in what if. I don't live in what if. He doesn't live in what if. I don't live in what if. So, it's going to be my uh, new saying. So I really what, just want to that up to I feel like he's disappointed in me. I feel like I, I'm, I am. I'm not giving you. You insulted me before we even started. I complimented you. What you think is insult, I think is a compliment. You have really got him reeling is he likes his money and he's worried about the gift he might have. He told me that. What is a successful combine week for Howie Roseman? Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing is trying to get a good feel for these players here. And I think the interviews and the medical are a huge part of why we're here. Um, I think, obviously, you know, combine prep is important for these guys, and we know they're prepared for the interviews. Um, but at the same time, um, getting to meet these guys in person, really the medical part of this is the huge deal. And being able for our, our trainers and doctors to get our hands on guys and to give us more information about these guys, I think, is a huge deal. And and really, um, you know, some of these people people you haven't seen in a long time, like you guys, and, and getting a chance to connect with some people and, and really just turning the page on the 2022 season. And I think that um, for me, because we weren't at the Senior Bowl because of our season, you know, I think really, like, um, it's moving forward. And um, that's where we are as a team, as an organization. Let's move forward and uh, try to put our best foot forward in 2023. Yeah. Are you concerned they're going to take away your rugby mall play? The the fourth and sneak. fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and twenty doesn't matter once yeah. that thing starts I think, rolling. I think he thinks that if I'm going to take money from him, he's going to get me fined from the NFL. I don't it's want to be fined for that. All I want to know is, all I want to know is, do you think they're going to they're going to make that illegal like it was yeah. prior to 2006? I yeah, bet. Well, yes. Are you concerned? Yeah, I'm betting yes. Well, I'm I'm not concerned because I think the way that we're playing is within the segments of the rules. And, yeah, yeah, uh, you I, are. And we're not doing anything and if the that's rules wrong. Change, we'll yeah. do what the rules require. Yeah. What if? In every aspect. Yeah. You're still going to have those right big suckers up front moving people, so you'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Howie. Great <laughs> Thanks, seeing you. Great seeing I'll you. buy tighter clothes for next year. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.